Let us pause and hold silence as we center ourselves for worship. This is the house of the Lord. Here the word of God takes its place. Let us stand in body or in spirit, ready to be shaped by its invitation for grace and justice between us. If you're able, please stand. to worship for those here in person and those joining us online. You are most welcome in this place. A reminder that our service is live streamed. In a world in chaos, in a world in disarray, let us come to the mountaintop and find God anew in this place. Let us worship God. Hymn 111. Holy, holy, holy.
Let us pray. God of transfiguration and transformation, we worship you this day with songs of praise, with words of prayer, with listening ears and open hearts. As we reflect this day in Jesus' transfiguration in the presence of Peter, John and James, may we too be dazzled by your brilliance once more. Lord Jesus, you chose to come back down off the mountain. Forgive us when we limit ourselves to looking for you in the elevated places when you are in fact among us here. Forgiven, loved and free. Open our eyes anew to see you as you continue to walk with us in our journey of life and faith. Hear us now as we join together in one voice with the church universal in the words that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning, boys and girls. How are we? You all right? I want us to think this morning of how we know if God is near. How do we see God in the world? Because we can't actually see God. And the story in the Bible today is about how this became apparent to a couple of Jesus' friends. So how can we see God in the world? What things can we see God in the world through or in? How do we see God? Oh, sorry. Yes, sir. When something good happens, we can see God and good things that happen in the world. Brilliant. Any others? How else can we see Yes. So, can we, can we pray? Yeah? So, when we pray to God, we can speak to God, when we see God and good things that happen in the world, what other things? What other things? That's a good one, Samuel. <laughs> Completely agree. Any others? I don't know either. Sometimes. Sometimes we don't know because we can't actually see it in good things and we can speak to God in prayer as well because it's not always easy to tell. Today's story in the Bible, Jesus and three of his best friends go up to the top of a mountain and at the top they suddenly knew God was there. Do you know why they knew God was there? Because Jesus' face started to shine really brightly. And two of the famous people from way back in the, in the Bible appeared and they heard God's voice. It's an extra special story, but it doesn't mean that Jesus is only, God's only found at the top of mountains, but God's found everywhere. God's found 
everywhere and in the everyday things. So, in the good things, John, when we pray in our friends, when we love people, when we care and we share with people, we can let God be seen and find God in the world. So, how can you let other people see God in the world? What things can you do that other people can see God through? Do something nice, yeah? You can be kind, do nice things, yeah? People in the, in the Ukraine just now, some of people have heard in the, in the news the trouble in Ukraine. There's people praying for people in Ukraine. There's countries taking people from Ukraine in. They're providing clothes and food and showing some of God's love in the world. Because we've got to, boys and girls, big boys and girls, we are the people who have got to let the light of God's love be shown in the world. It's us that let people know that God is real and in the everyday. And we sing now all that light in junior praise, this little light of mine.
verse 1 I've got to say the light is only flickering. But verse 2, it was shining. So, excellent. Intimations, the food bank continues 10 to 12 and 7 till 8 on a Tuesday at the West Hall and Main Street. Please continue to support that if you can. Kit Wrecker is available at the back for uplift and delivery and there's a few extras at the side as well if you wish to pick one up. Um, soup Lunch Bible Class supporting uh, projects in Mwandi, so through that way, a pound donation for a soup, what's not to like, come to church and get your lunch. So through that way, please afterwards and get the soup used, or I'll be eating it for Friday. World Day of Prayer is this Friday in St. Philan's Roman Catholic Church um, at 7pm. It says 7.30 in the record, it is 7pm at St. Philan's, so 7 o'clock, please go along and support that. Two years ago from where there, it was a fantastic turnout and great hospitality. So please, if you're free Friday evening, St. Philan's Church is 7pm for the World Day of Prayer. And if the world ever needed prayer, it's now. The sadness I intimate the death of a member, Aina Husbands of South Street, died last week. Her services this Wednesday, 12 noon at Clyde Coast Crematorium down towards large Smith. Prayers are with the family. Next Sat- Sunday, next Saturday, Sunday, is our communion services, our usual three communion services. Intimated last week that this side and the balcony, if you wish to bring your own communion so there's nothing passed round, then please do so and sit there or in the balcony. There'll be no elements passed in that side or the balcony, and everybody else will return to normal communion practice with the plates and the the thimble glasses will be passed in the middle and here and here. That's all our intimations. Our scripture readings this morning will be read by Robbie and Megan. Let's listen for God's word. Today's first reading comes from Exodus chapter 34, verses 29 to 35. Moses was up on the mountain with the Lord for forty days and forty nights, and in all that time he neither ate nor drank. At the time God wrote out the covenant, the Ten Commandments, on the stone tablets. Moses did not didn't realise as he came back down from the mountain with the tablets that his face glowed from being the in the presence of God. Because of this radiant this radiance upon his face, Aaron and the people of Israel were afraid to come near him. But Moses called them over to him, and Aaron and the leaders of the congregation came and talked with him. Afterwards, all the people came to him, and he gave them the commandments the Lord had given him upon the mountain. When Moses had, fin- Moses had finished spe- speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he went into the tabernacle to speak with the Lord, he removed the veil until he came out again. Then he would pass on to the people whatever instructions God had given them. And the people would see his face at a glow. Afterwards, he would put the veil on again until he returned to speak with God. The choir will now sing the anthem.
The second reading is from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 9, reading verses 28 to 36. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up on a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking to Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came from the cloud, saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Robbie and Megan, to Peter and the choir for our employee and anthem. 189, be still for the presence of the Lord.
Michael's brief. Spirit, when we do not understand, grant us not an explanation but trust. And when we are confused, grant us not a solution but a map that leads to faith. So be it. Amen. The Transfiguration, that mountain top story, is one of those stories that come round every year. But unlike other annual stories like Christmas and Easter, it's always been an enigma. How might we understand it? What is it really about? Is it just a resurrection story written back into the gospel? Is it simply a story that's grown in the telling? What does it teach us? And what can we say that's new this year? It's not been said many times over the centuries before. The story invites us to go off at a tangent a little and consider how the sacredness of the encounter and it invites us to ask where are our thin places? Those places where heaven and earth meet where the presence of God is tangible. If we're asked such a question, what might we say? Mountain tops, beaches, forest, lochs, our favourite quiet place. But what about a regular place of encounter? The sanctuary of a building we call church. Is it a sacred place? And what makes it so? Perhaps the atmosphere of time. All those whispered prayers. Some only spoken quietly in their own hearts that have made their way into the very fabric of the building. The stories that have been told, mixing those biblical characters with saints in our own congregation. The glass, the furniture, the stonework, the beauty, the familiarity. Those ancient cathedrals that were built in days where a building like that completely dwarfed every other building of the age, designed to create a space that was wholly other. Yet today perhaps we're less awestruck by the impossibility of our worship spaces. Do they really feel like doorways 
into the sacred. The difference in a church is how we create that space and transform practical work into actual visions of the kingdom. To a view of a world that is shaped by love, lived in grace, and honed by justice. That's not a unique thing that we do. But it must be a faithful thing that we do. Being able to take something that seems so earthbound, but the faith takes it and recognizes the glory in it, the wonder and the vision. And being grounded is important. That's the whole reason for the three disciples in that story. To make the story grounded, it symbolizes reality, the stuff of the everyday. And stuff of the everyday contains the values and opportunities of a faith community. That soars with vision and justice and welcome. And when you find Jesus on that mountain top, it's a truly incredible picture in the proper sense of the word. It's meant to be. And it, let's not reduce the glory or dim the lights on the story. Instead, let's exaggerate it. Because here we have three disciples who are very earthbound. They're always confused. They really understand. They always ask the wrong questions, usually at the wrong time. Yet they get a light show that they could never have imagined of what is yet to come. A vision of God in glory. A vision of the future that points to some heavenly place beyond this world. These mountaintop experiences are something otherworldly, heavenly beyond the physical realm. Or perhaps it's none of these things. Perhaps what the disciples see is a vision of what is yet to be. And what is yet to be is something bigger than the past. Some people are so keen to take the Jesus highway out of this world. They see God's sole purpose, Jesus' task, to remove us from the world. What if? What if the vision of the transfiguration is confirming what the disciples have actually witnessed all the years they've been with Jesus? That Jesus' vision of the kingdom and God's glory is very much part of this world. It's about building a future that's bigger 
than the past. That all the practical earthbound tasks we all have are filled with good news and vision for the future and the light of heaven. Even those mundane, everyday tasks. That people of faith are not called out of the world, but are called in to the world. And with the eyes that people of faith often have, we can see the opportunity for good news of gathering and caring and redeeming a world here and now. It is a modern version of Christianity that's quite selfish and fear-filled. And sadly, it's on the increase. And as the world hunkers down in its relationships, we see enemies everywhere. We watch in horror at Russia's invasion of Ukraine. We see a world that's individualistic, where our ultimate goal is to go on our own, to get our own way, to grow only our own kingdom and empire. Might we not see transfiguration telling us the opposite? That God's glory is revealed here. That Jesus' purpose was to establish God's kingdom on earth, heaven, here. That what was seen in that mountaintop was not some distant realm of something that's yet to be, but it's rather what's tucked into everything. If only you have eyes to see and faith to believe. Indeed, it is a call to all disciples then and now to each and every one of you to realize and release the glory that's folded into everything that's practical and everyday in our world. It is a way of living, a way of giving deeper purpose to everything that we do, a way of transfiguring the world, seeing the value in the everyday because the everyday is framed by heaven full of the potential of the kingdom but the more isolated we become the more narrow the vision the less generous we are towards each other the more selfish the theology becomes Jesus came. Jesus came to release the potential, the glory, the worth of everything. The transfiguration suggests that we have been invited to see from our lowly, earthbound places the wonder that the first had to climb a mountain to see. Transfiguration reveals the purpose of Jesus. The purpose was to open up the kingdom 
in this world. It's a very practical thing. Telling us in the every day there is glory waiting. And it only takes those with faith and trust to see it. To release it. And to set it free. Friends, now is the time for us to see the transfiguration. And a way to build a future that's bigger than the past. So let's go and find where God is already at work. In this sacred place, in our communities, on the edges, in our lives. And find a way that we can join in. A way for our faith to soar. And release the wonder of heaven. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forevermore, world without end. Amen. 476. My eyes have seen the glory.
let us pray. God of love and light, as we stand on the threshold of Lent, we reflect on the journey we have followed, the celebration of your arrival and the start of your earthly ministry, while dreading the journey you're soon to take towards the cross. Because of those who refuse to embrace your way of life, may we, like Peter, James, and John, catch a glimpse of you, Lord Jesus, who the world needs to know so much in this hour. O oh God, we pray for our fragile and bruised planet. We lament that people in power continue to take from the earth without a care for the cost of your creation. God, it is as if the planet is crying out for relief and floods of tears. The earthquakes trying to shake us to attention. The winds sighing when words fail. to caring for your creation. Help us to see anew. Remind us to take only what we need, to ignore what we can do without, and to find ways to minimize our use of the precious resources of this world. Steer us away from a world driven by consumerism and greed, towards a world which can know restoration and the benefits of Sabbath rest. O oh God, we pray for the situation in Ukraine. As Russia bullies and uses brute force, may the West not stand back in the shadows, but seek to support the oppressed and work towards diplomatic solutions. And may the full weight of justice Rain down on Putin and his evil accomplices. Lord Jesus, you came back down from the mountain to share the good news, to teach, to heal, to provoke, to feed, to touch, to care. Inspire us. Inspire us to be your voice, your word, your boldness, your life-giving and life-saving hands. Take us out of the clouds of pomp and ceremony and back down to earth. Guide us to where you need us to be so that we may guide others to you. Hear all these prayers spoken and those only spoken quietly in our own hearts and minds. In the name of the one who brought light out of darkness, now and forevermore, so be it. Amen. Following our final hymn of the word of benediction, we then sing the threefold Amen, and the blessing praise God from whom all blessings flow.
as the Bible reads the sanctuary. A reminder, through that door, that's where I'll be going after the service. Not necessarily from my soup, but to see you. I'm not going to the front door today. I'll go that way for a soup after the service. Our final hymn, 458, At the Name of Jesus. God of all times and places, the earthly and the eternal, leads us from this place and stays with us on our way. And as we go, through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the common life of the Holy Spirit, be with us all forevermore. <laughs>